Glad to have you with us for another edition of the official Titans podcast. My name is Mike Keith, joined by Amy Wells. Amy, thanks for being with us again. Hey, Mike. Well, we're very excited to have Dane Brugler with us, yes. draft expert from The Athletic, and so many things to start with, but is it true you're an amateur pit master? Uh, yeah. Is that is that for real, or is that just a heading on your Twitter? No, that is, you know, if I... I I really enjoy, you know, my job and my career and everything. But if I'm not doing that, if I'm not with my family, that's probably where you need to catch me. Is at the, at the I'm a smoker, uh, trying to come up with new concoctions, and I really it's become a new, new hobby for me. And I've really enjoyed it. All right, so let me ask you this: How did you get started? Well, when I moved, I mean, I grew up in Ohio, and you know, barbecue for us was hamburgers and hot dogs, and you know, that's what I grew up with. Uh, then I moved to Texas, and a little my, different. My eyes were opened. You know, I, I became it just it was amazing all the different things you could do, uh, the versatility with uh, beef and pork and chicken and all the different things you could do. It, it really opened my eyes, and it was a lot of fun to get my own smoker and start doing my own thing. And been doing it for uh you know probably six seven years now and it, it's great all right so what level of smoker <laughs> are you two now you know I, I i really there's different types of smokers obviously sure. and you know whether you want to do uh you know a stick burner or you want to do more of uh i i really like the uh, you know bullet smokers stuff that are easy like you know i like the challenge um you know there, you could get so you can have outdoor ovens basically where you just set it and forget it and move on I like the challenge of controlling the, trying to control the fire and, you know, just that whole process. That's a lot of fun for me. And so I like the just simple, either uh, a bullet smoker or something where I'm in control of the fire. I'm checking it, you know, crack open a beer, have your uh, smoker going and, you know, let it for the next seven hours enjoy the smells. So what do you make? Like what is your signature meal? Um, I think uh, beef ribs are oh. right now. If you do beef ribs the right way, there's nothing better. I, I agree. mean, it's it's so good. It, it's like you know brisket. Um, it, it's kind of brisket. If you do brisket the right way, it's it's amazing. Beef ribs, I think, is the same payoff without maybe some of the time that it takes to do a brisket. So uh, beef ribs, all kind of ribs are great. Pork ribs uh, are great. But to me, beef ribs, you do those great. Salt and pepper's all you need. You know, no barbecue sauce, anything like that. Just let let that beef sing. It's great. Did you marry a Texas girl? I did not. I Ohio girl. Okay, so so she's kind of joining in That's this. It, yeah. She came to this with no preconceived notion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I, I you know. It, so she's got to love this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're dinner's, doing the cooking. Dinner's yeah. taken care of. Uh, yeah, and sometimes it could be simple. You know, we could do. Uh, you know, some you know, whether it is hot dogs or burgers or something like that. That's that's fine. But yeah, a couple of times a week, do some do something fun. It's summers, and, and you know what? We just moved back to Ohio. Um, I was in Texas for ten years. We just moved back to Ohio. Get our kids closer to grandparents and things like that. Uh, so I'm excited to bring some of that Texas influence, that barbecue influence, up up to Northeast Ohio and uh, kind of spread the love up there. Do you compete? No, no. I don't. I don't have time for that. I, I don't. I, I, I'm too competitive. I think I'd, I I would lose my love for uh, smoking because it's you know I, I would I would be so upset if I didn't win that I'd, I'd be discouraged and I just I want I want to enjoy it. It's it's more of my escape, you know, because my career is competitive enough. You know, family stuff you know keeps you keeps you going, but that's kind of my escape, and so I want to keep it just enjoyable. Ever think about opening a restaurant in Ohio? No, not not at this point. But you never know. You never close doors. You never you never say never. Uh, especially because I think the the 
there's nothing like that. You know, there, there are a few spots here and there, but nothing consistently. So I think you would do well up there. I really do. I'd go. That sounds great. <laughs> no, it's if you, you do barbecue the right way, man. It, there's just gosh, it, it, is, it is some of the best food out there, and uh, you know, different parts of the country I think are really open. I don't know if it's just you know as as, as technology grows and people become uh, more open minded to different parts of the country and uh, the food and you know different you know food network shows and things like that. People become more open minded to it and it spreads. And so I think yeah, Northeast Ohio. Uh, I, th- I think barbecue is becoming a little more uh, popular up there. Are you a little fanatical about it? Um, I like things my own way, or you know, like uh, <laughs> I've I've got my own rub, you know, my rubs that I use, or my uh, you know, the, the pepper has to be certain type of pepper. You have to use certain type of salt. You gotta yeah. So maybe a little bit because you you have to do things the right way for the payoff to be what it is. And uh, you know, I the biggest thing is just the beef. Um, if you if you buy bad beef, it it's, doesn't matter how good of a cook you are. You're not going to make it taste good. So don't skimp on, you know, sometimes that stuff can be pretty pricey. But, uh, you know, it's it's if you want to eat good food, uh, you want to make it t- taste the best, pay for it up front, pay for the good stuff, and you won't be sorry. Have you always been a food guy? Like kind of a no. – people throw around foodie a lot. But right. Like, not, no, not at all. Not really? At all. Uh, not at all. I, and it's really just barbecue. It's, it, it's, it's more of a hobby for me than a – you know something that I, and i and i love um you know sharing it with people you know it's not just i make something for me and that's good i, I you know for whether family events or you know uh larger gatherings being able to share that 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 barbecue love that's a lot of fun for me the same way you share the love about the draft that's it that's, that's why i'm here right sharing. well but it, i'm listening to you talk about this and this is how you write and talk about the draft that's yeah that's a good point yeah i mean there is a passion to absolutely. it absolutely there is a depth there's a right way and a wrong way yeah, that's how did for sure you, how did you get into covering the draft as in depth as you do like i said i'm a northeast ohio guy and when the browns came back to the league in 99 i was what, what 13 and uh, i was just enamored with uh, okay Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Ricky Williams, all these players. What what made them good college players to be great NFL players? You know, what what was that process like? And so it became a hobby and I realized there's nothing I want to do with my life besides this. This is this is awesome and you know, it's kind of tough because if you want to be a doctor, you go to medical school, you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school, you want to be a scout, what do you do? I mean, there's no clear-cut path uh, to to take and so you have to kind of carve your own way and so I went to Mount Union Division 3 school uh, Division, powerhouse. Division 3 mm-hmm. powerhouse no question um, and I worked for the football team and um, I, my senior year uh, we also had another senior named Pierre Garcon and we had scouts coming through Alliance and that that really that really helped uh, getting to start that networking and learning about the, the process and you know they took me under their wing and mentored me and so that that was kind of my introduction to the scouting and you know a lot of those friendships are still alive today and so uh you know i never thought i'd be doing this on the media side like this but i i've i've enjoyed it it's fun it's it's you know i don't i'm not scouting for one team i'm scouting for 32 teams basically and all these players and learning more about them my favorite part of this process is is the journey and you know there's 337 players here at the combine not one or not two of them have the same journey uh, in terms of uh, where they came from when they started playing football, um, you know, the different adversities they faced. And, and so it's fun to learn about that, and it helps project them forward to see where they came from. Well, and you've been able to go from being a guy who writes about it to one of the authorities on the draft. I mean, you're one of the top people who 
people go to when they want information on this specific time of the year. How did you get to that role where you became a person that wasn't just one of these other guys writing about it, but you're one of the authorities on it? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that. I I just kind of, I'm, a, I'm on the roller coaster and I'll be on it until they tell me to get off. You know, <laughs> I just, I love this stuff so much. And I think, I think my passion for it really it shows in my work and, and people can tell that. And I, I think that's a big part of it. Um, my draft guide is certainly a big part. Um, you know, people know when they read my draft guide, they know what they're getting. And it, there's not a more in-depth uh, draft guide every year than, than what I offer. And people get it free through The Athletic. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you get it for free. So I, I think we are. Yeah, uh, we I, are. Perfect. And I, I think, you know, every year that, that draft guide is becomes uh, more and more popular. And, you know, I have a handful of NFL teams that ask for it every year. And um, I, I think that's really the, the kind of the backbone of, of me as a as an evaluator. And, and it really shows uh, the depth uh, of how far it, how far you can go into this. And so uh, I, I really enjoy it. Putting together those draft guides, that has to be a tremendous amount of work. I mean, there's more than 300 guys here, and there's even more than that just out in the world who play the sport. How do you even approach that? Yeah, it's it, it's one bite at a time. You know, it's, it's something that uh, over the course of the last year, I've probably evaluated, you know, four or 5,000 players. And some of those guys, you know, quickly, like, okay, time to move on. Or, you know, like, you can eliminate them. Because I'm not a scouting department. I'm, I'm one person. And so, um, you know, it's it, not doing it all by myself. You know, obviously, I... I I lean on a lot of my sources within with, with NFL teams. They, you know, they tell me a guy to look, check out, and you know, there's a trade of information there. But um, you know, it's it, it, it is there is a lot, and that's part of the reason we moved back to Ohio is so we could be around family. So, you know, my wife and my my two kids are not, uh, you know, because this time of year, especially, I'm I'm kind of holed up in my I'm either on the road or I'm holed up in my office watching tape and trying to figure these guys out. So it is a process that can be overwhelming for sure. But uh, you know, it's 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 also a lot of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to say I, I'm able to do this for a living. Uh, blessed to say that you know what my, what I love, my passion. I'm able to do that and, and get paid for it, and that's my career. Is Dane Brugler from the Atlantic a guy who has a mentor in this business in terms of evaluation? Uh, you, one of the guys that really um, helped me is a, a guy I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Cio Bracado. Uh, mm-hmm. He he. Our draft room is named, named after him. Absolutely. So, yes. um, my so when I first started, you know, maybe. Well, 10 years ago now, um, I think it was, yeah, 10 years ago, I think maybe that 2011 draft, um, that was when CEO, I think his wife had just died, um, he he was kind of, he was struggling a little bit with some health problems, and he, uh, I helped him out a lot with pro days, and so I would go to the, and this is when I was in you know, DFW, and I, I would go to the TCU pro day, and get all the results, take a lot of notes, and then I'd stop at his house in Arlington on the way back, and I would spend an hour there telling him, okay, this is what happened. This is Andy Dalton looked good throwing, missed a few of these out throws, and, you know, talk about, uh, you know, just all the different players there. And I do that for A&M and a few other pro days, and he he taught me so much uh, learning from him. And, uh, you know, he, he's an absolute legend in, in scouting. And uh, it, there were times where I just – I wouldn't talk. I would just, you know, I didn't even have time to get a question out because he's, he's talking and uh, just take, I'm just taking notes furiously. And that was really the basis of kind of my scouting uh, knowledge, my informal education. And so, yeah, he, he would definitely, uh, he's definitely someone that I've leaned on over the years. And, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he, he really helped me get, get my feet wet and get started in this business. Cio Bracado 
may have been one of the more generous people I've ever oh, met in absolutely. the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, he uh and he's done so much. I mean, he invented the three cone drill. Right. I mean I mean he, he has done so much for scouting and his business and yeah, he there was one time where I stopped at his house and Gil Brandt was there and I, I could picture it like yesterday. They're both sitting at the kitchen table. I, I walk in, didn't even say a word, just kinda leaned up against the counter and listened to these guys swap stories for uh I mean it was well over an hour uh, and that that was just that's the type of education you're not, you're not gonna get in a classroom. You're not gonna. Um, I'm very blessed to have those opportunities that people were very generous with their time, like CEO, uh, to take me under their wing and, and teach me, show me the ropes, and uh, that that's invaluable information that has really helped me along the way. Information that's proximity to NFL legends yes, is what absolutely. that is. That's incredible. Yeah. So. Is there one nugget that you can pull out of that? Is there one piece of information that you gathered that has made you the evaluator that you are today? Um, you know, I think a, a lot of it's common sense. Like a lot of things that CEO would say would just common sense. Like he, he would say something and this, uh, you know, you could learn a lot just, just by observing, you know, and like it's as simple as that. It's like, yeah, duh. Like that, <laughs> that's, that sound, that's, that's very profound because, you know, you don't need to necessarily, uh, you know, ha there's no like, None of us are like scouting geniuses, you know, like have all the answers. It's more about knowing what to look for. And so being observant and understanding different things at different positions, different traits that you're looking for. Uh, he was a big proponent in watching a player in space and seeing how he moves and how that helps tell you what kind of athlete he is and, you know, his change of direction. And that's why he invented the three cone drill, because that, that if you're a stiff athlete, you are not escaping the three cone drill uh, without a poor time. And so uh, the change of direction, the balance, the quickness, um, the short area burst, things like that uh, really help show you what type of athlete he is, what type of player he is. Um, and it matters from position by position, but uh, yeah, just so many things over the years that still ring true today. Was there a player at a certain moment that you got right that let Dane Brugler know I can do this? Uh, I, I was a big Antonio Brown fan. Um, now, obviously, character is a big part well, of that too. I mean, he's and a six-round pick who's yeah. had to take all the other junk right, out. Exactly. What a, what a career! Right. Yeah, I, I loved him out of Central Michigan. I, you know, I thought that watching uh, the Mac film and seeing him, and I mean, he was tremendous. Uh, smaller guy, but athletic. Uh, you know, he would snatch the football and create after the catch. And you know, I when I was one thing, you know, learning from each position, it was at receiver. It's don't overthink it. It's about two things, uh, getting open and catching the football. If you can do those two things, you can play receiver in the NFL. And now in today's NFL, there's a third thing. It's what can you do after the catch? Uh, you know, guy like uh, A.J. Brown, obviously, uh, yak monster with what he can do with the ball in his hands. And that's something that Antonio Brown was really good at uh, in different ways, obviously. But seeing him on that Central Michigan tape told me, okay, yeah, this is a guy. He's a second round. I gave him a second round grade, which even that was low uh, with, with the career that he put together. But, uh, yeah, that was – you know, I'm because that was still. I mean, that was very early. You know, what, 2010? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, you know, there's only so many resources at that point in time. And I'm like, okay, no one's talking about this guy. Like, what am I missing? Like, this guy's really good. And then, you know, he goes in the sixth round. I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe I'm missing something on him. And then he has a career. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, maybe, maybe I do have an eye for this. Is he a classic case of a guy who plays faster than his time? Yeah, and you know, and the, he ran pretty well. Yeah, he was in the what, mid four fives, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, it was, and some guys just don't take it serious enough. And I think that was probably his, that was mostly his problem. Um, you know, he didn't train for it as much as some other guys do, and uh, that that certainly shows. And and that's why I, uh, 
a lot of ways the 40 becomes a has become a tough uh, drill to really really evaluate. I mean, if you're slow, it, it's going to show. But some of these guys, that's they spend the last two months training for nothing but the 40-yard dash. And so, uh, and certain guys have, have track backgrounds, have a better advantage because they understand you know, the three-point stand, having your hand on the ground. So there are certain things that give them the advantage. Um, but, yeah, that, it, 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 the, when you come to their combine, and, and I would advise this for you know anybody listening, any, any fans that love the combine, Go into it with an idea of what a player is going to run. Because if he doesn't run that time, okay, then go back and figure out why. Uh, sometimes you'll watch a, a player and they'll be, you know, maybe you watched four games where they had a hamstring injury. And you watch them later in the season and you see that speed. Or, you know, some guys are just faster uh, on a football field. So, yeah, it, it's there's a lot of things to take from these drills. And it's never really black and white. There's plenty of gray. At the Combine, there's been a lot of conversation this year and in future years about changing the drills and oh, yeah. maybe changing up some of the way that things are done. As an evaluator, how will that impact you, especially because you won't maybe have the line of comparison to draw to That's other athletes? That's the key. Yeah, the historical uh, times that, you know, we, like I know I, I've got, um, you know, all the data from all these combines. I know that on average, you know, wider, take the top 30 wide receivers in the NFL at the combine, they all – ran an average of a, a 448 40-yard dash or you know and and it becomes more uh, specialized with a 10-yard split with an edge rusher and things like that. So yeah, that that is a concern because we don't have that historical uh, things to compare it to, but you have to start somewhere, right? And I think this is, you know, the all this changes this year have been about prime time. It's not about what's best for the team, it's not what's best for the player. And so I just hope that if they do make some changes, which it's coming. I mean, it, 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 it's going to turn into a traveling road show. They're going to go to <laughs> – it, 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 just like the draft. And I, and I get that because it's, if they have a chance to make money on it, they're going to. And, you know, it, it might help widen the combine to open it up to other fans. And so, um, you know, you look at different, uh, you know, Vegas and L.A., Frisco, Texas, uh, I think could do it. So uh, it'll be interesting in that, that respect. But I am interested with some of these drills, uh, timing different drills, doing some things that are more, you know, it, it's okay to evolve. I just hope that the reasoning behind it is not what the fans want to see, but more like what's going to help us evaluate these players and figure them out. All right. So we'd like to throw a few names at you and just okay. get a quick thumbnail if you're okay with that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start. Amy, you have your list? I've got my list right. right here. So the the Titans are talked about a lot with edge rushers, mm -hmm. so you're going to notice some edge rushers in the list. Curtis Weaver from Boise State. This is a big week for him um, in terms of – because he's not known as, you know, just great athlete. He beat up Mountain West com competition. I mean, he set the conference record for career sacks. So the production is there. What is he going to do in the three cone? You know, that is, can he bend enough? Um, his body type has been a topic of discussion, kind of that the bad body – Average athlete, uh, really does a nice job using his hands. Um, I, can he get a sub seven second three cone drill? That would be important for him to show that he can bend and move a little bit. Uh, I think he's probably that late second, early third round discussion. Uh, no matter what he does here, his tape, his production is, you know, especially at a pass rusher, those guys just don't last very long. What about Joe Burrow, a guy who's been getting a lot Who? of attention yeah. here, the quarterback out of LSU? I mean, one of the best seasons we've seen maybe ever uh, at the quarterback position with what he did this year. Uh, capped it off with the national title game or with the national championship. You know, we're going to hear about the hand size. We're going to hear about, oh, you only did it one year. I, I mean, list what you want in a quarterback, and, you know, you're talking about mental processing, accuracy, 
confidence, composure, pocket awareness. He has those things. And so the Bengals should not overthink it. He will be the, the Bengals opening day starter in 2020. And I, I think he'll, I think he's going to be an outstanding pro. Julian Okwara, edge man from Notre Dame. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's working out this week because he's still he, – he the fibula broke his fibula in November, and so I, I still think he's working his way back from that. So if he – and I would say if he was able to work out, he would have blown this place up because he is a phenomenal athlete. Uh, but that's kind of the knock on him. He's a great athlete, but uh, doesn't know how to use his hands. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not a super physical guy. And I'm not going to put the – the, the S were the soft. I'm not going to put that on him, but I, you want to see him get more physical. You want to see him uh, p- play with more power, uh, use his hands better as a pass rusher. Because in the NFL, you're not going to be able to just run a, run around these tackles. They're going to stop you, and you have to have that plan B. You have to have those counter options. And so for him, I, he's, I think he's probably going to go on day two because he's just too good of an athlete. But he really needs to expand his pass rush options because the athleticism alone is not going to do it. But that athleticism does give him versatility. He can drop in space, uh, do some different things, and that'll, that'll help his uh, versatility when he's the NFL. What about Jeffrey Okuda, the corner from Ohio State? He's a stud. I mean, that's when you when you look at a corner, that's what you want it to look like: uh, length, athleticism. Um, he's uh, Chase Young's going to be the first defensive player drafted. Okuda's got a good chance to be the second defensive player drafted, uh, both from Ohio State. Uh, there's a lot to like about him as, as a person, as just with his body type, uh, as an athlete, uh, and he's a smart guy. Uh, didn't have a ton of production, but he wasn't tested a lot uh, either at Ohio State. So, yeah, he, he's going to be uh, a top-five pick, and especially cornerback is one of the top three most important positions on your roster. And so with that in mind, Okuda's not going to have to last very long to hear his name called. I want to ask you about Vanderbilt tight end Jared Pickney. Didn't really have the senior year, right? You know, uh, he if he came out last year, he probably would have been a second round pick, um, and you know, one of the first tight ends drafted. Comes back for his senior year, new offensive coordinator, uh, you know, new quarterback, it, it, some changes on offense, and watching him on tape, there were times where he was he was open in the end zone, or you know, he got a little bit of separation. He just the quarterback wasn't able to get him the football. Uh, it does make you worry a little bit when you know his only two touchdowns as a senior came against what, like East Tennessee State, or you know, it just it did, did not have the senior year you expected uh, from a, a, a talent like that. I, I I like him. I think that there's not a fatal flaw in his game. It's just does he do anything exceptional? I, I don't know that he does, and that's okay. I mean, there you can survive in the NFL as a as a quality player without having those exceptional traits, as long as you just don't have something that uh, you know really keeps you from seeing the field. Does he get on day two? I don't know. I, I think he's a better chance of going on day three, uh, fourth, fifth rounds, probably the landing spot for him. What do you think about wide receiver C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma? Uh, he, to me, is the top receiver in this draft, and which is saying something considering how deep this draft is. Uh, he... Coming from the Big 12, there is a little bit of a projection there. He doesn't face a ton of press. Uh, you know, we know how much that uh, that conference likes to throw it around. Think about the quarterbacks he's had the last three years. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then Jalen Hurts. I mean, not bad. Uh, three really talented quarterbacks, but pretty impressive that he had uh, the production that he did with three different guys. Uh, there's some DeAndre Hopkins to him down the field with his ability to isolate the football, uh, his catch point skills. Uh, what's he going to run? I, I think he, if he gets into the four fours, I think he's going to secure himself as uh, probably the top receiver in this draft. But there's going to be no consensus. Some teams will prefer Jerry Judy. Some teams, I would not be surprised at all if Henry Ruggs is the first receiver off the board. Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, Tennessee. So talk about how the combine is important for these guys. 
it's going to be really important for him. Uh, I would not be surprised if he ran in the four sixes because that's what he looks like on tape. And so what is he going to run the 40-yard dash? That'll be an interesting part of his evaluation. He doesn't win with speed, but... I mean, he is, forget position, he's one of the toughest toughest players in this draft, uh, which you don't usually say about receivers. Uh, but his ability to work the middle of the field, his physicality, his toughness, I, just really, really impressive. He fits that, you know, we, usually we think of slot receivers, we think of those small guys, shifty guys. He's part of that big physical, those big slots. Uh, and that's what, that's what I think he can do. So it's a loaded class. And I think in most years, we've talked about him as a, as a third-round player. I think he's a good chance he's available in the fourth round just because he's probably going to run, you know, a four six zero or something like that. Um, and there's just there's so many wide receivers in this class that he's going to get pushed down a little bit. What about Tristan Worfs, the offensive tackle out of Iowa? Fantastic talent. This is a guy in high school who was a three-time state champ in the discus and the shot put. He won a state championship in wrestling. Uh, and, oh, yeah, he's a pretty good football player, too. So, <laughs> But the, what he did in those sports really helped develop him as a football player with his balance, his body control, his awareness. Um, and I think he's going to have a great week here at the combine. He's going to test really well. Um, he can play left side or right side. People get hung up on, you know, he was a right tackle, but the reason he was a right tackle is because the left tackle couldn't play right tackle. And so they just wanted to get their two best tackles on the on the field. And today's NFL, I don't think it matters as much, left tackle, right tackle. I mean, you're going to see pass rushers from either side. Uh, yes, you want to protect the blind side, but still, you're going to see those pass rush uh, uh, terrors come off either side. So he is, he is in the mix to be a top three offensive tackle in this class. And I think it's – I do not see him getting out of the top 12 picks. What does Dane Brugler think of Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm? I think that he could teach. He's going to be in these interviews this week. I think he's going to teach some of these coaches some things about offense. He is that smart, that bright when it comes to X's and O's, breaking down uh, on the whiteboard, breaking down the film, coverages, protections. He's just he's so locked in, which is really impressive for a, a true junior. Um, that's where he's going to really impress some coaches, and he's going to uh, he's going to make some co- coaches believers with what he does in those meetings. So uh, really impressed with him. And everything the physical stuff is average. You talk about the size, the arm strength, the athleticism, and so as long as he you know the hand size was under nine inches, which is not ideal. As long as he uh, can. Throw, and it'd be interesting during the drills because they do these in alphabetical order. Eason, Jacob Eason, has probably the strongest arm in this draft. Eason and then Fromm right after him. And so it's going to be how much of a difference is it in terms of velocity? Interesting. And, yeah. that's, and that's one reason why the combine is so good because you – you know, 40-yard dash, whatever drills, one after the after the other after the other, you can compare these guys, how they look. And so throwing the football, it's going to look great when it, the ball comes off uh, uh, Eason's arm. How does it look when from and it comes off Fromm's arm? Is it doesn't have to you know match what Eason's going to do? It just can't look you know it can't be a huge difference. Um, but I, I will I will uh, bet this that Fromm's balls will be a lot more accurate, uh, even though they might not go as fast as Eason's balls. What about Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU? If you want to make a list of the most explosive players in this draft, uh, you can't make it without including Patrick Queen. Um, if, high school running back who um, played a little bit of linebacker. He's, he was strictly a linebacker at LSU. Really developed this year into one of the best linebackers in the country. Sideline to sideline range. He's explosive. Uh, there, there's so much to like with about him as an athlete. But this year, you really saw him mentally develop. You saw him see things really, really well. Um, and so he's one of the youngest players in this draft. He's going to be 20 years old uh, on draft weekend, doesn't turn 21 until the summer. He is an ascending player, and that's why I don't think he gets out of the top 20 picks. Cam Akers, the running back from Florida State. 
really, really physically gifted uh, as a runner. Um, I do question a little bit about um, you know some of the vision, things like that. He, but he played behind such a, a, a subpar offensive line of Florida State. The passing game didn't help him out at all in terms of opening things up in the run game. So that that that's part of the context w- with Cam Akers. I, I think he's a checkers runner, and what I mean by that is he's very aggressive, and you know he wants to jump you that type of thing. I want to see more chess. I want to see more patience, more strategy in what he's doing. Uh, I think that'll help open things up for him. But he is a he's a really really talented guy. I think probably third round is where he's headed. What about Zach Bond, the edge rusher out of Wisconsin? Really versatile player who in uh, in. In college, he was more of a pass rusher in Wisconsin's 3-4 scheme. Uh, but in the NFL, he's more of an off-ball player, a guy that can drop in space, play in reverse. Um, I, I think that's – because of his athleticism, uh, I think he does have a chance to go in the first round. So I think he's a top 40 player uh, who – I, I want to play him at off-ball where he can cover in space. But then also, you know, let's not forget how good he was as a, as a pass rusher. Figure out those blitzing options uh, for him and on sub-packages, on nickels, uh, that, that type of thing. So he is a chance – he has a chance to go in the first round, but – if he falls to the second round, he's not going to have to wait very long to hear his name called. All right, Dane's got to go pick one more. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. Oh, good one. Thank you. Hurts, Hurts is uh, he's interesting. Um, I think there's there's so much to like about him as a as a person, as uh, in terms of his football character, his mentality is exactly what you want for the position. Um, I need to see him get better with his anticipation. Um, he holds the ball way too long. He needs to see things quicker. And, you know, there were times we watch him on tape where he's just he's holding the ball way too long. The guy's open and he's not hitting it. And he just he needs to speed things up and get and get a little faster with his delivery. And if he does that, I think he can survive in this league at worst as a backup. But until he does that, I think we're still talking about him as a, as a prospect and a guy that maybe could get there. And so. I don't know that he goes top 100. Maybe he sneaks into the third round, but uh, he, if he doesn't go third, he's going to go pretty pretty early in the fourth. Let me get one more. Last one. Edge man from Michigan State, Kerry Willekes. Yeah, that guy's not going to test really well. The speed's okay, but the guy's angry with his rush. Ball player. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy who's going to uh, he's going to give you a full day, and he's not going to give anything less. Um, and so, uh, you know, you hate to just throw you know overachiever label on him but that's what he is he gets more out of his he's a former walk-on you know he's used to getting more out of his ability than what people think and so uh i, I don't think that's going to change in the nfl when he ends up being a, a six-round pick and you know he ends up sticking on a roster because coaches just won't be able to cut him because he's just he's, his motor does not quit and he's able to do enough to to hold on to a roster spot think about what we've learned here Pitmaster, this guy <laughs> yep ohio guy texas guy Seal Bracado guy. I'll yeah. tell you what. Guy who knows. Seal Bracado would be awful proud of you. I know. Seal, oh, I appreciate I knew, that. I knew Seal Bracado from 1998 on. There and, you go. Uh, he gave me the business quite a bit, too. So <laughs> we have that in common. And uh, you're, you're doing great. I know I scared you. you one year at the Combine when I came up and told you that. But you, you have become a star like I thought you would. Congratulations on all your success, and thank you so much for taking time with us, Dane Brugler. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Dane Brugler with The Athletic. Tell people how they can follow you on Twitter. At DP Brugler. Uh, and then, again, everything's at The Athletic. And if you have a subscription, you get the guide as part of your subscription. I, I promise you if, you, if you like the NFL draft at all, zero chance you're disappointed. Well, I like The Athletic. So. I do, too. Yeah. I'm yep. really enjoying it. For Dane Brugler and Amy Wells, Mike Keats says, thanks for listening to the OTP. OTP.